I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Here I go again on my own. Talk about the only show that I watch. That's not quite true. Sometimes it seems like it. (laughs) That's right. We are a Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here talking about Chapter 59, Fast Times at Riverdale High, written by Michael Grassi and Will Ewing, and directed by Pamela Romanowski. And guess what? I didn't cry this week. (laughs) It was kind of refreshing. So what happened? Oh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Did you not watch it? It's okay. the only show you watch. So what happened is I Jughead gives us a... <laughs> well, if you're not going to do it, I am. You're very demanding. I got a bedtime. <laughs> uh, and Jughead narrating away, like always, typing on uh, his computer at Pops, mm-hmm. uh, where he talks about how after the funeral, the rest of the summer passed by with... But a haze. A surreal haze. Um, and um, What's and... your baseline, Jughead? <laughs> I, I do enjoy that we've had two episodes in a row that start with a time skip and opening narration that tells us, don't worry, you didn't miss anything important. <laughs> Nothing really happened. Well, and this one, he, he talks about how uh, they spent uh, as much time as they could with Archie, including having dinner every night at Pops. Not and nutritionally sound. No. I doubt there's enough vegetables on that menu. <laughs> they have so much sodium in their blood. <laughs> He's sitting at the counter of Pops, and like behind him is them in a booth. Mm-hmm. And then they just like zoom in on that. It's, ki- it's kind of cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. His, his his pal Archie is a fighter, and, yeah. and things got better with every day. And uh, on on the last day of summer vacation, Archie was doing what he does best, which is beating someone up. <laughs> no, he, he's boxing. He's, he's he's practicing some boxing. He's sparring with his business partner, Mad Dog. Yes, that's Co- right. Co-owners of their gym. Yes. Uh, as we're reminded in, you know, before all this, there's, of course, the, the previously on Riverdale bit. And you know that this is going to be a big one because it feels like that goes for 10 minutes. Is very involved and they hit on a lot of things. <laughs> well, boxing. Archie's like, hey, why don't you come to high school with me? And reminded, oh, yeah, Mad Dog's apparently still in high school. He's gigantic. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big man. He, he's gigantic and more ripped than everyone to a level that it's like, okay, we know none of you are actually high schoolers. You're all old. It just seems even less plausible. <laughs> they have steroids in high school. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Mad Dog's younger brother is going to be a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's all like, well, you know, don't, don't you want to like get your degree you know and archie talks about how he's doing it because it's like the one thing his dad really wanted him to do and archie even invites him to join the football team duh of course so that mad dog will finally understand the epic highs and lows of high school football so uh then we go to betty checking in with her her brother charles yes and fbi chuck also jughead's brother their shared half-brother. 
Jughead doesn't seem to have had any conversations with him again. <laughs> it was a surreal haze, yes. you know? Charles is letting Betty know that Alice missed uh, her last check-in. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, Alice is actually undercover with the farm. Has been all along. And they are not abducted by aliens. They're somewhere. They're we somewhere. don't know where. Aliens, not involved, because, like, texting is possible. <laughs> If you're able to figure out interstellar transit, you can figure out texting. Uh, I think I'm that's thi- not off the table. Thinking about, like, the roaming charges. Yeah, okay. So so Betty's very like, okay, what are we going to do? What's this? And he's like, just focus on being a high school student. It'll be fine. He really does not know his family. <laughs> nope, he does not. Uh, and so then Veronica is meeting with uh, a lawyer by the name of Mr. Sourberry. You know, the undertaker from Oliver Twist. <laughs> uh, and he, he's like, okay, well, what, what side are you going to be on? Who are you testifying for? Your mom or your dad? Neither. Not gonna, I'm not going to testify for either one of them. Uh, well, you got to make a comment on stuff. Nope, not going to talk to news or anything about anything. Mm-hmm. She She's taken a vow of silence. Because, again, Hermione is currently in prison for uh, attempting to kill her husband or, or conspiracy to yes. kill her husband. And uh, Hiram is in prison for all of the many crimes. Yes. Just pick a crime. He's done all of the crimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Cheryl is asking the corpse of JJ for fashion advice. <laughs> Should she wear the red or the white? Always the red. The, Always. We only wear the white when we're going to set things on fire. Yes. So then we we have that evening, we have Betty, Jughead, Veronica, and Archie mm-hmm. uh, hanging out, drinking some champagne, talking about the last day of... Summer vacation. And how nine months from now, everything is going to change. And of course, Betty's the one who will miss high school the most. Yeah, she's like, no more blue and gold. That makes no sense. No heart to hearts at the locker. Betty's going to peak at age 19. We all know it. As as Betty's having her moment about all this, mm-hmm. cuddling in their little partnerships, things start to get a little bit more make outy. Cuddling becomes canoodling. Yes, and... Uh, Veronica and becomes Archie. coitus. No, no. Uh, I mean, it, it does. Like, but like, you just made it go like cute to ooh. To, uh, don't use that word. People already <laughs> say you look like Jim Parsons, and that part's getting Sheldon. <laughs> okay, people say you look like him. Nobody's hearing this. You part. don't need. To, like, use that word, because then, like, you really are. <laughs> this is on the cutting room I floor. I will tweet this shit out. It's gone. Everyone will know you can't delete my tweets. <laughs> I will call uh, Jack. Jack doesn't care. I'm not a Nazi. Well, if you were, then he wouldn't care. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I'm not insulting Nazis. Oh, okay. So unless you're like, I'm a Nazi, and she insulted my looks, he won't give a damn. I'm considering it. You're radicalizing <laughs> me, dear. Betty and Jughead start to get very hot and heavy in the living room, and Archie and Veronica go to the bedroom, and it is just straight-up sexy time. We're, we're just cutting between the two of them as as a new garment is shed uh, and, in, in every exchange. And a very uh, interesting selected song that is about, you know, trigger fingers. 
I'm hitting <laughs> buttons. And I'm like, oh my. The best part, though, is that this seems like it's also something that happens on any given hangout night. Like, they all know the cue. Okay, we're going to let you guys have sex here, and we're going to go have sex. I when did not have friends in, like, I mean, we didn't. <laughs> I didn't have friends either, dear. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had friends where we were just like, okay, let's all split up now to go have sex. I don't think I've ever had a friendship that was that close. I mean, I've never lived in a luxury suite apartment either. But <laughs> but what I'm thinking during this whole thing is they're also eating at Pops every night. All of these sessions are chili cheese fried fuel. <laughs> You're risking some gas issues, is all I'm going to say, when diner food is that much a part of your whole routine. They have got to have such intense exercising regimes for the summer, because they all look great. But there's no way eating at Pops every night. Seven like, nights a week. And it's the only it's, place they get brunch. And you know they got, yeah, they got to be doing it more. There's got to be some brunches happening, some lunches, some meeting other people. Like... They're keeping Pops in They are keeping Veronica in exactly. business. Exactly. I'm she saying this is comp. Is she comping their meals or is like she making them pay? <laughs> They're both bad answers. I don't like either one. So, yeah, they, ha they have a good time. And uh, it's now the next morning. Mm -hmm. And we see them all cuddling. And uh, then Veronica realizes they never set an alarm. And now they're all late for the first day of senior year. Oh, no. Senior year. What will we do? The first day of school is not even a real day of school. It's not. It's not. I mean, college wasn't. You so. find you, you get your new locker. You get your, your new class schedule. And you just sort of say hi and talk about your expectations for the next few months. Nobody does anything on the first day of school. Okay. Thank you for educating me on this. <laughs> so so they all rush around, throwing on some clothes, trying to brush out the sex hair. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are all late to school, where they are greeted by the new principal, Mr. Honey. Yes, because after the bee, you get honey. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. It's awful. I love it. He is even... More no-nonsense than Mr. Weatherby. Uh, you, you might recognize actor Kerr Smith, who plays Mr. Honey from uh, his time on Dawson's Creek, or one of the central characters in Final Destination. Nope. Okay. <laughs> if you watched those <laughs> he things, looks familiar, you might know Kerr Smith. But I did not watch those things. Okay. And so he's he's all like, you know, why are you late? And, you know, I'm not like that other man. We will have order. Discipline. Hopefully less murders. Uh, and so he orders them all out of his sight. They they go off to their classes, we assume. But um, next are at the the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, or not the gym, the locker room. Yes. Where uh, the coach is, is chatting with Reggie about football stuff. They got a big year ahead of them. They, they expect big things out of these, these bulldogs. And uh, Archie comes in with Mad Dog, who is going by his real name, which is Marone, or Monroe Moore. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, he's interested in joining the football team. Well, come to practice and we'll see how it goes. And Reggie's very Reggie worried. looks so pissed off. Like, are you not aware that football teams are teams and that his success is your success? Yeah. Are you worried that the seven-foot mountain of muscle will be bad at sport? He, he might have very bad hands. He might be really 
really bad at sport, but he can just jump on people. There, there's a lot of positions in football where just being big and strong are all you really need. Just, just push. Just a couple of weeks of practice to learn the play calls, stick them on the, the O-line, and you're fine. Just take off your shirt and distract them with your muscle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do a little shake. So you're saying As nothing sh- shakes because no, it's all it, just hard as rock rocks. <laughs> so am I. Kevin uh, goes to see Betty at the Blue and Gold. He apologizes. He's contrite. He wants to rekindle their friendship. Yes. He's ready to accept his fate as a minor supporting player in other people's lives. Yes. He talks about you know how he he needs his friends. Especially his old best friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, he feels very bad about how things went down before. And Betty's like, oh, like when you dragged me by my ankles to get a lobotomy? And he says yes. Yes. yes like that. Yes. I'm, I'm mostly ashamed about that. That's <laughs> that's the big thing. I mean, top three for sure. <laughs> Betty's like, well, we'll see if we can be friends again. Fill out an application. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, Jughead, while this is happening, gets called to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Betty and Kevin just, like, exchange this look of, oh, again. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like it's not that often that he gets called alone. If he's getting called alone, you should be worried. Yeah, I mean. If he's getting called with one of you, you should be like, oh, happens he, all the time. He's also never been in trouble with this principal before. <laughs> this is true. And I'm like, it's the first day. There is Mr. Honey, and there is another visitor named Mr. Chipping. Mr. Chipping is played by a uh, new cast member, Sam Witwer. You might recognize him from his uh, uh, significant guest roles in Battlestar Galactica, uh, Supergirl, or Smallville. Mm-hmm. But I would know him as the current uh, voice of uh, Darth Maul from Clone Wars, Rebels, and uh, the Solo film. Yes. 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 Mr. Chippin is there because Jughead submitted that short story to the writing contest, which he did not win. All right, we're, we're 0 for 3 on uh, predictions so far this year. Sorry. And uh, Mr. Chippin was one of the judges and wants to invite Jughead to come study writing with him at Stonewall Prep. Mm-hmm. They're all like, it's a good opportunity, and da 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 but Jughead's like, nope, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Don't want to switch schools. Peace out. So then uh, Veronica and Archie are together, and she's talking about how she is a, a shoe-in f- for Harvard, and he's like, well, I better start looking for community colleges, and where's Harvard? <laughs> oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. Um, but then... Mobs of paparazzi somehow pop out into the school hallways from, from every direction. Yeah, it, it's like a scene from one of the Beatles movies. You know, they're, they're just she's just being hounded. And this is a lot of press for a town whose major outlet is the high school paper. Well, and all I could I'm thinking during this is, wow, Riverdale really does live in another universe because no school would just let first off paparazzi walk in and they wouldn't be able to get in because all the doors would be fucking locked. Yeah, how did they get all these giant old-timey flashbulb cameras through the the metal detectors? Right? Uh, And so Veronica pulls the fire alarm, Mm -hmm. which makes everyone rush out and, you know, the mob of paparazzi has to leave. Because they're very safety-conscious paparazzi. Yes, yes. yes. So then uh, Cheryl and Tony uh, go 
to visit the principal with mm-hmm. a basket of homemade goodies. Everybody has to be introduced to Mr. Honey, but this time they're going to him. Yes, because you know she is the student president and, and Tony is the uh, acting vice president. And they are Apparently there. we forgot to vote for that one. Yes, so they uh, are, are welcoming him. He's like, okay, well, good you're here because I want to talk about the school dance that you're planning. It's canceled. For why? Well, at the last dance, multiple students were murdered. It's such a good reason, actually, <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 but that's why we need it. It, like, makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember the last back-to-school dance two years ago and how it made us all feel better about my twin brother's death? Yeah! <laughs> Even though we weren't sure he was dead until later that night after the dance? I I feel like Cheryl just really wants it so she can bring the corpse to I dance mean, with. she needs a date. To- Tony, Tony will be too busy running the dang uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, nope, no dance. Not happening. Cheryl is pissed. And Tony, like, eats some of his treats and, like, stares him down mm-hmm. as they turn to leave. He does not eat his treats. No. No one ever eats the treats that Cheryl gives no. them, which is good because I'm sure they're mostly poison. I think there's probably a lot of arsenic in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's football practice time. Football practice. Mad Dog and Reggie are lining up on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh Mad Dog is playing on the the offense in this scrimmage, being defended by Reggie. Yes. Reggie, who is about four inches and 60 pounds short of Mad Dog. Yes. Uh, And and while this is happening, uh, we see that Reggie's dad is there um, watching from the parking lot and Mm -hmm. yelling a lot. A lot. You'd expect him to be in a pickup truck and a hat of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Friday Night Lights. Instead, it's like sports car and car dealership man outfit. Yeah, yeah. Football happens and and Reggie can't tackle Mad Dog. Because Mad Dog is very fast. Yes. His dad just starts screaming at him. Yeah, he calls Reggie over to get yelled at, you know, face to face. And Reggie's defense is, he's very fast. And he's like, no, you're embarrassing. You, you look like a fool. And Archie kind of notices this is happening, but like, just keeps going with footballs. Mr. Mantle, pretty sure, is this year's killer dad. I'm, I'm putting it down right now. Mr. Mantle doesn't get to join Dad Club of Riverdale. No. No. Not even on the killer side. He doesn't get to hang out with Hal. I guess he's on the bad dad side. With, but he's definitely not on the hot dad side. With the Blossom Twins, but the other Blossom Twins, the dead ones. Yes. The both dead ones. Yes. So in the girls' locker room, they're all, you know, I guess getting done after cheerleader practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're suddenly, like, clicking of cameras. And it's this student. Yeah. Uh, who's trying to get a picture of Veronica. Because uh, the reporter said he would pay $500 for a picture of her. For Rumordale.com. Yes. Which is what they get out of him after Veronica shoves him against a locker violently and all of them. Calls all the vixens over. Yes. She's flanked. They're they're about to start uh, snapping their fingers and and shooting out a butterfly knife. Well, there's a lot of pretty poisons there. They definitely have them. (laughs) Uh, That's what they keep in like their bras. That that's not an underwire. That that's that's a garrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's how they get them through the metal detectors. <laughs> 
So anyway, rumordale.com, that's yeah. a thing? Yeah. There's a... Yeah. There's not only suddenly like this this healthy press network, there's now an underground underbelly well, uh, outlet. Oh, this press network moved in as soon as Alice left. Oh, there was a void. They were like, oh my gosh, she's gone. There's, we can now be the press. There's a power vacuum. Yeah. And they're all <laughs> trying to fight for like best new reporter. So of course I had to check and see if rumordale.com is a thing and I am disappointed. It's not. Rumordale.com uh, redirects you to a Warner Brothers landing page. They they own the website, but as of recording, they're not doing anything with it. And that mm. is such a letdown. They should. Right? Yeah. Uh, so over in the boys' locker room, uh, Reggie starts being a real dick to Mad Dog. <laughs> and, and calling him Mad Dog, and not calling like, him no, Monroe. It's Monroe. Well, Mad Dog, isn't that what they called you in jail? There's a lot of prison talk, and he's like, I was in juvie. It's different. Your buddy Archie was there, too. So be a dick to him like you usually are. And Archie's trying to, like, get in the middle and, like, stop, like, cut it out. Mad Dog is one of my bros who saved my life multiple times. Reggie, you loaned me a hearse to, to get my dad's body. Can we all be cool? We were all cool a couple weeks ago. We were so cool before. And Reggie is going off about how he's, you know, he's been the captain and he doesn't need Mad Dog ruining it. Mm -hmm. So he's having a little bit of a fear of losing his power, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jughead goes home. Reminder, home is Betty's former home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because his mom bought it, but now she left town again, but it's still in the family. Yes. And Mr. Chippin is there with FP and told FP all about the offer for the school. And FP is very excited about this. And Jughead's like, no, I already said no. And they have a little talk. Well, is it about money? No, it's not about money. I just don't want to do it. And FP puts his foot down that Jughead is at least going to go on the tour. Yes, you're going to take that damn tour, boy. (laughs) The success of this pitch will depend on how good the food is on the tour, I have to think. Yeah. Uh, So Betty uh, goes to wherever Charles is Mm -hmm. uh, and picked up some, like, Chinese food on the way home, but they ran out of fortune cookies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Charles is not there, and she glances over this FBI file, uh, which talks about how... Kevin has been in communication with Fangs, and they've it's been a, like... It's a transcript of their text convos. Yes. And she's all like, what? And because Charles didn't tell her that Kevin's under surveillance, that Kevin is still connected to the farm, because Kevin was all saying, no, I'm not connected. I, I, I'm over it. I've moved on. Mm-hmm. So now she knows that Kevin was lying. But the conversation goes that Maybe they can use Kevin as an advantage to get... Because now Charles has appeared and confronted her reading this classified material. Yeah, he fills her in, and his hope is that Kevin can be an advantage to get Fangs to come, like, out and give information about, like, where they are, what's going on. We we give him a little bait to see what he can reel in from, from Fangs. Yes. Uh, one note on the casting, we, we haven't mentioned this before, but Charles Smith, FBI agent extraordinaire, is played by Wyatt Nash, 
who first graced people's TV screens as a cast member on Survivor. Really? And then pivoted into acting roles. Interesting. Yeah. How do you, how do you do on Survivor? Uh, he came in like sixth or seventh. And they have like over a dozen people go, right? Like 20-something, like I think. Okay. I don't know how many I, people they have in Survivor I lately. I never watched Survivor. I watched like the first two or three years. I, back when everyone was watching Survivor. I didn't. And it's, Survivor is kind of like Grey's Anatomy to me. Every year they make more and every year I'm surprised. Yeah, it is still going, isn't it? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> They've survived enough. <laughs> they did it. I don't think anyone's died yet. Is, We've proven that you can Survivor. Is it still that same host? Is it Jeff Probst? I've... I feel like it can't he, be, but also it has to be, right? From like old age. He was on the twenty second season, Wyatt Nash. Oh, so I think it's been more. Oh or, my god! Unless they do multiple uh, seasons oh, per they year. Might. Like Next Top Model did two or three cycles per year. They might. I don't know. I don't know how this. I don't works. know enough about Survivor to talk about Survivor, but here we are anyway. Yeah, I don't. I got into Bridezillas. Yes. Yeah. That's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> Betty is going to work on on developing Kevin. Get him set up to help yes. them without knowing that he's helping them. Because she's absolutely 100% in for treating Kevin as a thing to use. Yep. That is that is her bag. I think she's still holding a lot of a, a big grudge against him <laughs> for the possible lobotomy. Fair. Fair. And I can't fault her. Yeah. Back at... Uh, Where's Cheryl living nowadays? Thistle House. Is they say at... it in this scene. Thistle okay. House. Is she at Thistle House? Thistle House has new corners we have not yet explored. Well, I was like, it looked very Sisters of Quiet Mercy. <laughs> Which, didn't she but, get? I mean, the the farm just left in the finale. All of a sudden, they were yeah. raptured. So I don't think we know no. who, who okay. owns that building yet. Well, I think they're reusing some of the set. Perhaps, perhaps, because this part of Thistle House is a stark white hallway with an iron uh, gate that leads to the small chamber where uh, the corpse of Jason Blossom is sat up in his chair. Yes. Often covered by a white sheet whenever uh, he's not speaking with his sister. Yes. Tony's like looking for her and Cheryl comes out like just closing the gate and, and she's, Tony's all like, you know, what were you doing? I was praying. So I'm like, is she in, like, the chapel? She does worship her brother, after all. This little house could have a chapel of its own. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she says she's praying, and uh, Tony's like, when are you religious? Like, what the <laughs> hell? She needed guidance, of course. From uh, the spirits. About uh, the the dance and what to do, and obviously they have given her guidance to have a party. Here at Thistle House, which is the line I was referring to. That answers all of our questions. Okay. It just looks very <laughs> different. My question for this scene, though, is is getting your uh, uh, lighting solely from candles, is that carbon friendly? Because it probably not because it's fire. But, like, you're also not on the grid. So, like, maybe a little bit, I, like, on the margin. You know, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to Who it's, could say? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. But yeah, Tony, while she's looking for her girlfriend, is just hoisting around fucking Lumiere <laughs> from the live action remake. Yes. 
Not not a flashlight, not turning on a fucking switch. No, Lumiere. She's got a three-armed candelabra. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's the one from Cheryl's, like, gothic dream in the first season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next day at school, uh, Cheryl and Tony and a few others are walking around uh, the to hall. To the soundtrack of my life. <laughs> Archie's Party by the Archies is playing underneath this, like, badass shot from a a low-angle strut walk down the hallway. Yes. That would normally be, like, I don't want to say, like, bow-chicka-bow-wow music, but, like, Like, very, like... You would expect this to be, like, Joan Jett's bad reputation, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's Archie's Party. Yes, which, are are you going to insert a little bit of that right now? It's playing beneath this whole conversation. good, good. And so they're passing out flyers to the party, and suddenly- You and I can be there, too. Yes. And, uh, Mr. Honey, uh, is there all of a sudden, and she's like, your name may be Honey, but I will always be the Queen Bee. Mm Mm-hmm. Flip my hair in your face. If you're gonna go with wordplay, like, Blossom, that's where the- it, it comes before the honey in the whole bee process. It's where the, the the pollen and the nectar starts. That's to come later when she's like, you might be here now, but I was the blossom before you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think this works a little stronger because it like, does. It does. Mr. Honey there's, is going to be there's like, fewer steps involved. he's going to like, basically he's a jug of her blood if she's a blossom. And we've seen what she does with jugs of blood. <laughs> yes. God, I love Cheryl. So Jughead and Betty go to tour this uh, other school, mm-hmm. uh, and a student is there uh, to greet them. Did you catch the name of this student? Nope. Brett Weston Wallace. Yeah, it's that. The the most obvious groan-inducing reference to to noted author and shithead Brett Easton Ellis. Should I know who that is? He wrote American Psycho. Oh. Among other things. Okay. And, of course, American Psycho, the musical, had its book written by one Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Ha! 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 What if that's this year's musical episode? <gasps> they do American oh, Psycho. Oh, my God! Please do American Psycho! Please. American Psycho, the musical, has incredible lighting design, which yes. I would hope, like... So does this show when it goes for it. So that fits. Oh my god! I love and also that. that incredible cover of "Everybody Wants to Rule the World." I really hope they do it because, like, okay, first off, that would be amazing. And it was like a sh- one of those shows that I really wish I could have gone and seen. Mm-hmm. That I will forever be like, man, if I could go back in time, that's one of like the three shows I would go back and see. Also debuted on the West End, starring Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame. Yes, he originated the Patrick Bateman musical roll the like youtube taped from my coat like videos are so good (laughs) i really hope that's it that'd be great but anyway that Uh, is the name of this character yes uh, weston wallace who refuses to call jughead jughead he insists that he calls him forsyth because he likes it better so anyway, this set, it is all uh, exposed stone, mahogany and dark woods. Fucking Hogwarts. Brass accents. Yeah, they they uh, have blazers, but with embroidered uh, coat of arms, badges. It's, it's Hogwarts meets Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. like for Rory's private school. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gilmore didn't Gossip Girl have one of their characters get poached away to a, a I didn't watch Snooty Gossip Private Girls. Girl? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> but this is definitely that it's, that trope is being it's, played it's out here. Rich people snooty school. It's a place where people are more comfortable being called Forsyth than Jughead. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in the course of this uh, very laid-back, chill, we're a bit less uptight than you might think, Jughead, because we're all so wealthy, we don't have to put on airs sort of vibe that he's giving off. Except it's not Jughead. It's Forsyth. Uh, it's Forsyth. Uh, he, he asked Mr. Chipping, how's it hanging? Yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And he talks about how, like, the teachers are out of touch, except for Mr. Chipping. Except for Mr. Chipping. After he lists how many PhDs they all have combined. Chipping talks about how he wants to invite Jughead to, like, sit on, on one of their salons. Which, you know, he could use a makeover. I don't know. Which is just, like, book club, we find out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're, they're going to be talking about Moby Dick. And uh, he this dude's like, to Betty, well, and you, you can come too. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot to say about Moby Dick. No, I don't. <laughs> Betty, she like is so over this place. Betty Cooper is going to throw the first brick at Stonewall, yes. and I mean literally at the building, Stonewall Academy. Yes. Uh, and so they're gonna go get a tour of the cafeteria next, where they have vegan and keto vegan and and raw keto vegan, which I assume is just chewing on soybeans. That's all it is. You just. Have almonds all day. That's what? raw keto vegan. Raw keto vegan. What the fuck would you eat? <laughs> I was gonna be like coconut oil. Yum, but yum, yum, yum. Is that too much processing? It has I to don't be know. extra virgin coconut oil. <laughs> like, do, is there a way to get coconut oil that's not processed? Be in like. <laughs> You just suck on a coconut and spit out all the starchy flesh. That's raw keto vegan, baby. There are like really crazy things to being considered like raw. That's where things get crazy with mm-hmm. vegans is where they're like, is it really raw or not? Because there's they like pay attention to like certain temperatures. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's still raw up to this temperature. Sous vide is my favorite raw food. <laughs> Raw keto vegan nut allergy safe is just that fake meat they grow in laboratories. See, if I would have been writing this when they start to talk about that shit, that would be the moment the Jughead's like, I'm out. <laughs> Peace. See ya. The, the camera follows Brett for a second. It cuts back to Jughead. And he's and like, crying a his, single tear. His hat is on the floor spinning like a hubcap in an auto accident, and there's a Jughead-shaped hole in the wall. Yeah. He ran that fast. Yes. All right, I want that to be the thing that breaks him later. He's like, I can't take it anymore. No more soybeans. So back at Riverdale High. (laughs) Mr. Honey is having a meeting with Veronica, Mm -hmm. where he is pointing out all these different uh, stories and... Things that have been written about her and her involvement. Apparently, Rumordale.com has a, a paper publication as well. Yes. That he's, he's slapped down on the table. And he seems to be the only high school principal who wants his students to drop out. Yeah, because he suggests to her, um, you know, that maybe she should take a sabbatical until she has everything sorted out. 
maybe you should not allow in people who are not students or the guardians of students to your school. Yeah. I feel like he's the type of, like, person when he used to teach before he became a principal was like, oh, you can't read? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> also, he was a second grade teacher, so that came up a exactly. lot. Yeah. Exactly. He was like, figure it out or get out of my class. And it's like, what the hell? You're supposed to teach them. He was a great swimming instructor until that third kid drowned. <laughs> uh, so uh, at Pops, uh, Betty and Kevin are having a little a little meetup. They're catching up. They're still trying to work things out. Reminiscing about, you know, how a few years ago, Betty was just talking about her crush on Archie. You know, the first scene of this television show. <laughs> and how Archie got hot. <laughs> and so then Betty... Starts starts to pull Kevin in with, you know, how she's sorry that she she was the way she was earlier. So she's really worried because her mom and Polly are still with the farm. And, you know, Charles is investigating he's, it. He's very understanding about her, her position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she lets him know that but there's been a, a break in the case. There's a witness that's going to testify ah. about the farm. Mm. Uh, and this may break things open. And, and they cheers their milkshake and milk glass. Yeah. Kevin is just drinking a glass of plain white milk. I, I can understand he ordering a lot of that milk in this. with something. At least that's all he's got. But like, what kind of pathological <laughs> fucking basket case walks up to a counter and says, Hello, popular Tate. I would like to order one glass of white milk, please. Nothing else. You maniac! I'm calling the sheriff on you. That's when you what? How you know that Kevin's not like stable right now? He's a fucking body snatcher. That's not a human behavior. He's not ordering a milkshake. (laughs) It's like I feel like some Pleasantville type shit where it's like you didn't order the milkshake. What the hell? There's a small green alien piloting him from inside his robot head. It's it's like the episode of Gravity I'm, Falls where he just needs to like turn and we'll see. Milk oh. protein fuels my fusion generator. We have seen Kevin actually drink a lot of just plain milk. <laughs> right. I don't. I, he's, so that's why that's why Casey's so buff now is because yeah. he drinks his milk. Kevin receives so much neglect that his only defense is very strong bones. Yes. Maybe he just like. Acts out all the Got Milk commercials since, <laughs> like, all his friends have abandoned him and mm-hmm. no one cares about Kevin. It's a hobby. I mean, his last hobby was part of a satanic cult, so this one seems better. Yeah. Maybe he can't handle drinking anything else because it reminds him too much of Joaquin. Ah, uh, yes. Joaquin used to drink water. <laughs> yes. Joaquin would always have a Pepsi Cola. Yes. The one thing he didn't like was milk, so he's like, okay, this is safe. Joaquin didn't like this, so I, I don't won't feel bad. Joaquin, my coffee-drinking lover, <laughs> always had a macchiato, that boy Joaquin. That's why they called him Joaquin Clamato de Santos. I love you. I love you, too. Okay. So later that night, uh, Kevin is in the middle of the woods, where he often is. Uh-huh. With all of his grindum hookups. Yes, uh, and uh, 
Fangs appears and and Kevin goes to give him a hug, but Fangs stops him and it's and fucking away. heartbreaking. Will not allow any physical contact because we we now know that Fangs is astral projecting. He's in another room sitting in like the lotus position. Yeah, you yes. think that's what it is? Yes. It's like can't touch or it'll break the illusion. Well, Fang says it's because he, you know, he's like, wait, I need the information first. There's there's a witness. Uh, but Kevin doesn't have, like, the name or anything. And that makes Fangs pretty, like, sad. And Kevin, you know, questions him, like, you didn't just come here for information, right? Like, you wanted to see me. Like, I miss you. And she's like, well, yeah, but, you know, no one trusts you. And, and you got to, like, get us the information. And then they can trust you and we can be together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck you, Fangs. You're using him. Don't like you right now. Uh, and so Fangs leaves. And then Betty shows up, flashlight in Kevin's face. Got him. So now Kevin knows that he's being used. Yeah. And if he was paying attention in that last uh, uh, conversation, he's being used by everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. You know what? Maybe this is why Kevin has issues, is because everyone's using him. I mean, you can fuck me over. everyone keeps dying. Yeah. Kevin should probably just put his foot down and say, you can fuck me over all you want, but you could have the courtesy to just fuck me first. Kevin deserves better. Kevin also deserves, like, not to drag someone by the ankles to get a lobotomy, but, like, (laughs) like, he shouldn't do that. He probably shouldn't do that. But I do want to say he's had a lot of trauma in his life that everyone has ignored. So. Yeah. How could things have gone different if maybe we paid attention? Anyways. Um, uh, veg- uh, veggie. Veggie. Yeah. If they, if Veronica, Veronica and, and Reggie. Veggie were a couple, they would be veggie. That has been thrown around a bit. Yes. I feel like we've talked about that. For- yes. And and Veronica is accusing him of of leaking stories to the papers. Yes, about the stuff that happened at the club and And, stuff she did. And her first uh, point of evidence seems to be that he's wearing his sunglasses indoors at Le Bon Nuit. (laughs) You know, like someone with something to hide. (laughs) And uh, yeah, what he's hiding is a really bad black eye again. Uh, and he lets her know that he did not release anything to the papers and storms out. As he storms out, he says, why don't you ask your dad? And I'm like, yeah, Veronica, why don't you ask your dad? Yeah. If something bad is happening in your life, why isn't Hiram Lodge your first assumption? Yeah. Followed closely by Hermione Lodge. Yeah. And then, like, all the mob people. (laughs) The one guy that's been pretty okay to you most of the time. <laughs> yep. Later that night, as Archie and Veronica are snuggling, she fills Archie in that it wasn't Reggie, tells Archie all about, you know, this, this black eye. And, you know, it it's definitely not the first time and it's his dad must hit him. And we're kind of like... Don't we all know this already? In the previously on Riverdale bit before the episode began, they included the clip where Reggie talked about his dad hitting him because he brought up G&G way, way back when. Yeah. So, like, we know. We know. Everybody knows. He said this publicly to all of the mystery teens. Yes. 
like, I, I guess they didn't realize it wasn't a one-off, but I was like, there was a lot of things that hinted at it not being a one-off thing. Oh, every time they've been in the same room together on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was the time his mom came and yelled at him. That was at least a change of pace. Yes. <laughs> For being a drug dealer. Uh, and Archie seems very stunned by this news. <laughs> You know, his other, like, best friend. Yes. But let's face it, Archie didn't know that his other best friend was homeless, so we shouldn't be surprised by what we he doesn't should know. should not be surprised. So, Kevin is being interrogated by Betty and Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, called out for lying, and <laughs> Kevin's like, you know, I... I miss being your friend. I truly do want to be your friend, but I also miss my boyfriend. All of them. They're all either <laughs> dead or disappeared. Yep. And he, he insists that he's not a part of the farm. And he calls Betty out on the fact that she ignored him all summer and that he didn't have anyone and that he was alone. I'm sorry, but the Pops booze only fit four. We can't squeeze in a fifth. And anyway, what would you do it during the, the, the nightly sexing? This is true. Sometimes we all throw on blindfolds and don't even know who we're touching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be a fifth wielder in that. He might want to. <laughs> Lots of abs. <laughs> and and so he he does talk, though, about how, like, fangs is all he has. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of slightly heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, so they call him useless behind his back. Yes. But, but Betty... <laughs> Uh, so Charles is all like, he's traumatized, and Betty's like, no, he's lonely. We can still use him. I trust him. Both can be true. Yes. <laughs> all three can be true. He's kind of useless. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, it's football's times again. Football's times. Uh, and... We must destroy Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> is football's times. <laughs> so Mad Dog tackles the shit out of Reggie. Uh, yeah, this time Mad Dog's on defense. Both of these scrimmages... I'm glad you know these terms. It's Mad Dog and uh, Reggie covering one another, but Archie is quarterback both times, which is pretty realistic to uh, a high school football practice. Riverdale seems to be a small school, though it is a variable size, so it's not unreasonable that uh, players are going to be on both sides of the ball. But your major position players, your major skill players, quarterback in particular, is only going to be doing that job. I watch all my football on Riverdale. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Reggie gets tackled. His dad comes onto the field screaming and yelling at him, mm -hmm. and, and Archie steps in, uh, trying to defend Reggie. Yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Are you going to hit him again? We, like, all know you do it. And uh, Archie, or Reggie snaps at Archie. Yes. Telling him to, like, leave him alone. It's none of his business. They, they almost have a fight. And Reggie just says, you're, you're dead to me, Andrew's dead. Mm -hmm. And then they, they storm apart. And Which is so, like, heartbreakingly realistic to yes. a lot of people's reactions to... Uh, uh, people acknowledging their child abuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or their abuse overall. Like, people have weird reactions to their abusers. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Especially like domestic and family abusers. Yes. There, there's a lot of Ident- identification. Yes, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. that that are mess with those reactions, and and so it, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going <laughs> to say. It's it's late. I'm tired. Uh, well, you had to talk about me saying coitus so much that this episode's running long. <laughs> Jughead is back at the fancy ass school. It's time for the salon. Uh, they just keep throwing around Forsyth. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Do not like it. Forsyth Pendleton Jones the third, baby. Can't they call him like FP3? <laughs> FP3, the new engine from Epic Games. <laughs> uh, and so Mr. Chippen comes in going, good afternoon, seekers of knowledge. Fuck him. I think that's how Edgar says hello to his people, too. <laughs> seekers of knowledge. I puked a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> uh, and so they start talking about Moby Dick. And they say the dumbest ass shit about Moby Dick. Yeah. Like, one of them, I can't remember if he's named or not, starts ripping on Moby Dick for being unoriginal. Like, <laughs> it came out in 1850 fucking one. Name another story where half of it is facts about whales and half of those are wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, puppy. Unoriginal. Jesus, fuck you. Did he confuse the publication date on his copy of Moby Dick with a Moby Dick? Yes. Like, oh, this book came out way after Star Trek First Contact. I'm, this this is so derivative. Well, what it really is, is he doesn't know that it's actually about a whale. He thinks it's about a dick. Oh, Reggie's dad. <laughs> No, he really thinks it's just a penis in the ocean. Ah, phallic imagery. Very Freudian. Yes, yes. I would have liked it if someone would have talked about that. That would have been funny. (laughs) And before anyone can uh, say that, uh, Jughead just slaps them all down with uh, uh, artistic intent, saying that, well, Melville's on record saying that allegory is a bunch of bullshit for doo-doo heads. So there. And they're all stunned in silence. <laughs> yes. Like, like, this is some sort of anime. And he just revealed his final form. And has, like, the biggest little smirk. Yeah, they zoom in on his eyes where he's like, ha-ha. I have them under my control now. It's an incredible way to cut to commercial, and it makes no sense. (laughs) Actually, this book is meaningless. (laughs) I've activated my trap card. Veronica goes to visit Hiram in prison, uh, (laughs) breaking out her blonde wig and uh, babushka. Which the prison must recognize by now. Like The the guards are just playing along at this point. They're just like, the last time you were that, you were having sex with the visitor, the person you're visiting. Now it's getting weird. Yeah, that's your dad, buddy. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it, it's for any photographers that might see her on the way. Yes. She's, but still. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, did you leak the stories? And he's like, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> what are you going to do to me? I'm already in jail. Fuck you. You can't touch me. Try to get me. Uh, mm, mm, mm. I'm bigger than you. 
And he he's all like, you know, I just told the world what you are, and you're a lodge. Deal with it. <laughs> Boom. He, he should have, like, away. dropped the phone. Right, that's what I wanted. I wanted him to just, like, deal with it. Mic drop, but it's the phone. He, he does a, a WWE Attitude Era crotch chop and just walks out backwards. Yes. <laughs> Take that, bitch. That'd be very rude. She's your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2019, Hiram. We have to talk about your language. <laughs> I know you called out a lot of hits on people and sell a lot of drugs, but you're becoming problematic. <laughs> uh, so now it's party time at Cheryl's, and it wouldn't be any party without Reggie doing a keg stand. Yes, and Cheryl giving a big speech about, like, whatever she's on about uh, this week. She, uh, you know, how there's a new enemy in the mix, Killjoy Mr. Honey. Yes. Uh, but I'll make sure he is beheaded by homecoming, which... I think it's beyond her powers as student body president. (laughs) (laughs) And so they all party it up. Cheryl, in her her red dress, something about its cut or her stance or just maybe Madeline Petch, she seems to be 80% leg. Yeah. I think Cheryl Blossom... It's a very fucking short dress with some very high heels, so it elongates the legs. I think Cheryl was designed by Hajime Kotoki. Veronica, Betty, and Jughead are are chatting and about you know well is he gonna you know tra- are you gonna transfer to this new school you're you're being recruited and and Betty seems to have like worked through some stuff like she seems to be at a point where she hates that place yes but is okay with Jughead being there as long as she doesn't have to go she's already yes. talking about making it work and they'll they'll whatever she, it is they'll do it she she acknowledges that it could be a good opportunity for him yeah yeah uh though veronica is just like it's it's just full of a bunch of privileged assholes don't go <laughs> she would know it's yes. where she would probably be going if our family had money 2 years ago yes uh, elsewhere in the party, uh, Reggie is trying to find a bathroom. Yes, and he finds the, the Jason vault. He was going to pee on Jason. Yes, All yes. over. Uh, but Cheryl is, you know, finds him and is like, what you doing? No, get out. And we see this, like, as they leave, we look through the gate, and we see that there's just a sheet that's yeah. been thrown over Jason, who is sitting in the wheelchair still. Like your grandma's old, you like, know, sofa has been covered in a sheet. Yeah. But there's a hand sticking out. <laughs> it's so good. And like, remember, this is a gate. This isn't a door. It's a <laughs> fucking gate you can see through. It's a good thing Reggie was wasted. He's Yes. I mean, but that means he saw two hands. That's how you know it's a real person. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about connections to you know the the breakneck roller coaster pace of the end of uh, season three, so Dagwood was bargained for by uh, Penelope, who who renamed him Jason Junior. Mm-hmm. Juniper was smuggled out of the farm uh, by uh, Alice and handed to her aunt Cheryl. That explains why Tony was holding Juniper during during the, the parade, parade last week. Okay. Where are the babies right now? Like, right now, at this minute, during the house party. Nana Rose is babysitting. Oh, okay. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. She seemed like she was getting around okay at the funeral. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Betty uh, finds Kevin drinking alone in a room 
mm-hmm. all alone, which is very sad. <laughs> and she uh, she apologizes for interrogating him. And he's like, you know, I get it. You're, you're trying to save your mom. It's okay. Betty decides uh, to to uh, open up to him. Yeah. Uh, and put things on the line because she believes him. Make a, make a bit of a bigger play. And so she lets him know that her mom is working undercover, uh, that she stopped sending messages and she's really worried. And furthermore, that this witness yes. that uh, she mentioned earlier, she knows the, who it is now. Yes. Penelope Blossom. Yes. And so she was hoping that if you know he could talk to Fangs about that, maybe he can get some information that will help her with her mom. When uh, she and Charles were devising this this plan to feed him a name, they mentioned it as like a fake name, a fake witness. Yes. And like Penelope Blossom does sound like a pretty fake name. You got me there. <laughs> uh, so a very drunk Reggie uh, goes and finds a mad dog. Mm-hmm. It's all like, who invited you? Cheryl, do you know who this dude is? And she's like, no, but I don't object. And I'm like, you got a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but Mad Dog's like, cool. Yes. He's, he's, he's a cool hang. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> it. She's like, I don't Whereas, object to him, but I object to you, Reggie. Right now, Reggie bringing some bad vibes. Uh, but then uh, police lights come on and it's the popo. As and, Cheryl does say. Yes, she does say that. Uh, and it is FP who's like, that's it. Party's over. And my favorite shot. He's become such a buzzkill since he got that new job. God. <laughs> my favorite shot is him to Jughead. You better not be drinking whatever's in that cup, boy. And the shot of Jughead just staring at him and like tips his cup out. Yeah, he, he rotates his wrist outward and just like jump. Nothing else. It's really funny. It's both a dump and a wrist shrug with, with this like perfect look like, it's no. it's such a good moment of physical comedy archie uh takes reggie home at the murder bus stop this is the well, bus we're sto- not there yet okay okay but like archie's like i'll get reggie out of here so that way fp doesn't arrest him for being an <laughs> underage drunk uh and what we find out is that someone called uh the station about with a noise complaint and cheryl's like what the hell everyone's deaf or dead here often both yeah <laughs> Uh, it's a real lively neighborhood and we found out that it was mr honey bum 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 uh so yes archie uh is getting uh reggie home at the bus stop where which makes uh, sense because archie was drinking so he can't drive yes it also makes sense because when the black hood called betty it's when she walked out of the the fizzle rocks party that i think was cheryl's place yes so there, there. That's it's consistency nice that right there. It's nice that there is a bus stop right there. Yeah, and uh, Archie's all like, "Hey, I th- man, I th- sorry, your life sucks." Like, I think I know, but like, how'd you get your black eye? And I'm like, "Oh my god, if you weren't sure, why were you yelling at his dad yesterday?" <laughs> <laughs> but Reggie says it without saying it. Like he f- frames it as, "What do you want me to say?" And then he actually says it that, that his dad hits him all been, the time, has for years. Yes, he's an and abusive piece of shit. That kind of opens up about how he was always jealous of Archie's relationship with his dad and how his dad just like supported him. 
And when Fred died, he just kept thinking, you know, what if it was his instead? Like, wouldn't that be great? Shannon Doherty's tire blows out. She stopped by the side of the road. People are just bl- blowing by, no one's stopping until Mr. Mandel comes by. Hey, do you need a new car? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He will help her out as long as she pays $4,000 down. Yep. <laughs> and then he gets hit by some uh, joyriding 13-year-old. But Ar- Archie asks, you know, what, what can we do? And he's like, no, you, d- you, you did enough. You called him out. It's it's on me. I got to take a sm- stand now. And he gets this And I'm smirk. getting so many shades of Cameron Fry in this conversation. The, the like, next- I'm seriously thinking about... Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then we cut to his red fucking Ferrari in, in the, the garage. garage. <laughs> and saying, sometimes I think he loves this car more than me. He said the line! He said the goddamn line! And so, Reggie takes the baseball bat to the, to the, windshield, to the windshield of that car <laughs> several times and says... That, you know, it's time that he starts listening. Mm-hmm. Archie's doing the, like, hands-on-head thing that <laughs> Matthew Broderick does. Yes. Ar- Archie is wondering if maybe I put the car in reverse. <laughs> well, Will that fix this? Maybe? <laughs> if we just turn it around, he'll see the back of the car and it'll be okay. <laughs> and Reggie's just like, cool, I did it. This is good. No one goes catatonic by a poolside no. for some reason. Uh, so at uh, school the next day, they are sitting in a very boring English class. They actually have English class. Yeah. That's new. Uh, where the teacher asks if you know if anyone's completed the summer reading, and no like, one says anything. No. And so then they're diving into Romeo and Juliet. They're diving into reading out loud a textbook's description of Romeo and Juliet, which is the fucking worst. Everybody's glazed over. Nobody's invested except Jughead, who's invested in something completely different. He's got this like 600 page tome open. He's taking notes on something else entirely. He's reading Les Mis right now. Yeah. Yeah. I will finish that one day. (laughs) I got up to the point where Marius sees uh, Colette. Cosette. Cosette. Who fucking cares? She sucks. And like. For the first time? He sees her for the first time? He sees her for like the 10th time. And then he's like. Oh my God. Oh, wait. She's hot now. Oh God. She was a little girl yesterday. But, uh, but now uh, she's super banging. Uh, right? Uh, Wouldn't you want to pause for a bit after. It's fucked up. Uh, how old's he supposed to be in comparison to her? You do not want me to answer that uh, question. Uh, I understand why why uh It's taking a while. I understand why um he wants to leave with Cosette. Like mm-hmm. like no, we're gonna get away from this boyfriend of yours because he's like a pedophile. <laughs> Yeah, and Marius wants to run away with Cosette because Javert punishes criminals. <laughs> so as as this woman starts to read out this description, uh, Betty 
can't take it anymore. And she she grabs Jughead and says, come with me. And in the hallway. Their English teacher completely unfazed. Ignores. Two people just run out from the front row. Does not skip a beat. Nope. Does not care. Uh, and so Betty uh, tells Jughead that he, he needs to go to Stonewall Prep. It's it's the chance of the life a lifetime. We'll make it work. Go. Run. Go get your stuff. I'll take care of everything. And he just like runs down the hallway. What? What? That's born to run. Oh, I could not tell. It just sounded like you. You, you can't tell when he sings it either. Bruce Springsteen sounds like that. The joke is that that's what Bruce Springsteen sounds like. Okay. We we go check in with Archie and Reggie, Mm -hmm. uh, where we find out uh, that the windshields pounding uh, got them talking. And (laughs) I'm sure it was a very calm, reasoned discussion. Son, I'm beginning to understand that you're a little upset with how things are are handled in our home. And I'd like to meet you where you are, son, that I dearly care for. I I like to think that was being said as Arch or as Reggie was standing over him as he slept with the baseball bat. <laughs> no, the and ghost, like the mirror from the car. Mister Mantle's face goes red like the Kill Bill sirens start, and then like rising from out of the garage's foundation is the ghost of Fred Andrews. Oh. <laughs> Eyes are filled with hellfire. He's like. You know, maybe I'll have a reason discussion with my oh, son. Maybe I'll. That's totally what the ghost of Fred is doing. <laughs> he is terrorizing child abusers. Uh-huh. I'm going to th- really, that is what I'm going to channel that's, about the loss of Fred Andrews is that that is what he is doing in the That's afterlife. the crossover that we need with comics. We, we don't need to recreate Archie meets the Punisher. We need Fred to embody the specter. That's yeah. what we need. Yes, I love it. I love it. Do you love it, puppy? As you stare into my eyes? We we find out that you know, I don't think he'll be coming to uh, practice anymore. And I think that might mean because he's dead. Yeah. I think Reggie might have killed his father. We're, we're going to catch up with Mr. Mantle. And he's in one of those like full body casts with like <laughs> an arm and a leg on pulleys. He looks like Penelope right now. Yeah. Oh, so um, he'll be fine in two weeks. Yeah, may- maybe Reggie just called Penelope up. Hey, can you let or called Cheryl up? Like, can you do one of those like burning things that you did? <laughs> or Penelope, she's got plenty of yeah, poisons. You know. We don't know what happened to her after they ran away in the woods. That's that's a dangling thing that feels like it should be followed up on. Uh, but they have a moment of bro, bros for life. Let's mm-hmm. bro hug it out. And like my my question during this scene is like okay I'm glad that Reggie had has a step on the road to to a, a better situation. Yes. I wish we had that scene though. I wish we had that conversation. Yes. And there there are two things that I think are why we didn't. First is well three. First is just the reality of you know 42 minutes. Yes. Second is. Well, creatively, it's a show about the teens and the relationships between their teens. Tertiary characters like Reggie's dad only matter as far as they uh, uh, like further that. Mm-hmm. But third, the one you bring up, it went a certain way and that's going to be a big reveal later. Yes, I'm yeah. going with dead. <laughs> yeah. 
He actually killed him. So uh, Veronica's trying to go to school, uh, but there's paparazzi outside her door. They're basically putting her under house arrest. So, hey, uh, the new principal's happy. Uh, So she decides uh, to say, fine, here's what's going on. Press conference tonight at at Le Bonnui after uh, a special performance. This is the only press conference to have both a musical number and a two-drink minimum. Right. <laughs> this is her strategy for how to fill the house on a Tuesday. So we cut between the special performance and the press conference. The special performance is All That Jazz. I had the right show, but the wrong song. Yes. It is All That Jazz from Chicago, not Cell Block Tango. Starring Veronica with Cheryl and Tony as backup dancers and two other people. Mm-hmm. Because they only got Josie back for the funeral. She has yes. to go be in New York with her dad now. Yes. As, as that is happening, uh, Veronica's basically summing up that, you know, she loves her parents. And yeah, she did these things, but it was under distress. Hiram made her do it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not standing with them. She doesn't support them. She She's only here for herself for now on. She's saying that to five reporters who each brought an antique microphone. Yes. She was being hounded by, like, 50 people. Yes. How many just walked out of all that jazz? Like, <laughs> They're like, this is this, taking so long. The story is not worth this. I'm, see, s- I'm sorry. See, what we don't know is that they actually did a full production of Chicago. <laughs> it wasn't just one number. Uh, hi, uh, I'm here from Riverdale Register. Uh, I have no questions, but I'd like to say that Bob Fosse is dead and you killed him, and I'm going home now. <laughs> uh, so after the press conference, uh, Archie and Veronica are uh, together, and Veronica is filling out her Harvard application, but she uh, announces that she plans to make a change because the lodge name is tainted. Mm-hmm. She is changing her name to Gomez, which is her her mother's maiden name. Caramia. <laughs> yes, yes. And then we we get a nice little cut to the principal's office where uh, we see that there is a giant beehive on Mister Honey's desk, just dripping. It's gonna be so sticky. Which is a big problem because their uh, uh, usual janitor was a, a serial killer yes. that died halfway through the second season. Yes. So there's no one to take care of that. Yeah. Also, all the bees. All the bees. So many bees. There's like, definitely people who are allergic to They don't even school. serve nuts and nut products in the cafeteria, but now there's bees just everywhere? Everywhere. God, they're going to get sued. Yep. Uh, and we all know that it was Cheryl that did this. Because she's like, oh, that's too bad. Hope you're not allergic. So she's aware. Toodles. She's endangering the lives of her fellow students. Yes. Which is a, a family habit, I guess. Yes. Like, that principal's going after a lot of people. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could suspend her for this. <laughs> Especially if you're, like, doing all these other things to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, just what, one note on... Uh, veronica's college applications i don't see why being the child of criminals would be such a problem with harvard i mean it's harvard after all yeah how many war criminals sent their kids there not to mention they're practically all wage thieves that are getting their kids into harvard and how many people who are on uh, the epstein flight logs were from or sent their kids to harvard like come on it's fine you're you're fine uh, so, uh, Betty and Charles are together and she's, he's like, okay, I think we should like 
you know, bring Kevin in. We should do our plan. And she's like, oh, I did. I I brought him in so hard, I gave up the name of our undercover mole and also the name of our fake mole. Like, Jesus Christ, Betty. <laughs> Why do you think there was a fake mole? And just as he's about ready to, like, yell at Betty, uh, Kevin runs in like, I got, you know, got in touch with Fangs. He's going to meet me. Uh, I found out where they're staying. They're at an abandoned motel past the Maple Barrens. Yeah, you know, like the Pine Barrens, but... But maple. Maple. Yeah. Uh, And Edgar is apparently armed with lots of guns. (laughs) He's bunkering down at a motel. You know, I look forward to seeing Edgar shirtless with like, like, I don't. Straps? Yeah, strapped up. He's a strapping young lad. Yes. (laughs) Ah, yes. Edgar Evernever, who has that thang on him. He's got some thangs. (laughs) Yeah, the, the vagina bones. We've covered this. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, at the the Jones household, uh, Jughead comes out wearing his new school uniform and just wants a straight answer of, uh, does he look like a jerk? <laughs> and yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, kind of. Uh, and Jellybean is very sad. And this is where we find out that the school is actually far enough away that it's like a boarding school and he will be living there during the week. Mm-hmm. But he'll be back every weekend. Yes. Uh, and this is also when FP lets us know, uh, that Jughead's grandfather went there for a few months. Before Scythe Pendleton Jones the first. Yes, he was a student there, uh, before, uh, dropping out. But, you know, he quit everything, including FP. <laughs> it's very like, oh, Ooh, rough time hey, there. Uh... He, he went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. And, and I don't want to tell you any of this because I wanted it to be your choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was sometime after the Midnight Club, though. Yes. FP1 was a cameo. I think we just saw his wrist, but he was present. Yes. Yeah. But yes, we find out that this is a family tradition. To go to the school for a couple months and leave, which I'm sure won't come up again as we flash forward again, uh, just like the end of last season, to to the fucking search party screaming Jughead's name in the woods. Yeah. The end. Yep. We also learn that uh, in this flash forward... uh, uh, Kevin's still alive. Kevin is still alive. I think Reggie is in the search party. Yes. FP certainly is. He's leading it, Sheriff, yes. after all. And that's the end of the episode. Dear, what did you think of Fast Times at Riverdale High? Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed not crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- this is, in a sense, the first proper episode of Riverdale of season yes. four. Uh, all of the the hallmarks of Riverdale are back that had been toned down or excised last week. The the plot is starting. Yes. This is Riverdale, capital R, again. Yes, this is true. I enjoyed it because there was a nice, there was a good mix of like teen, like kind of end of summer hangout, party, yeah. like that type of stuff. We're also like, you know, pushing the plot along and introducing lots of new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, practically every plot was uh, started by how the teens feel about each other. Yes. The whole Reggie thing was entirely about how Reggie feels about himself and how he deals with these relationships in his school life. Yes. I guess 
uh, the biggest exception is the whole farm thing, which is being driven mostly by the FBI's needs to investigate. Mm-hmm. But it's being seen through the lens of Betty and Kevin learning to be friends again and trust each other again, even though neither one is really exhibiting a lot of trust. No. <laughs> neither they one is acting on like they're trusting each other, at least. Because they aren't. I don't believe that everything Kevin is saying is honest. No. No. So so that's very good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's good to be back. Yes. It, it was a good, a good, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into some segments. And last week, I promised I would have a new one. Yes, you did. I did, I did. And I would like to talk about comic books. Amazing. What? On this why show would, of all shows. Why would you want to talk about comic books? I don't understand. That has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. That is becoming less and less true all the time, <laughs> as I'm about to, to say. Uh, every week... Or nearly every week, uh, I th- I'd like to try talking about my impression, at least, of a recent Archie title. And there are so many that we can probably get through the whole season doing this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get right to it. It, it. it is time to check your sources. Oh, that, is that the title? That's the title oh, okay. of, the, of the segment, Check Your Sources. Uh, so I thought we would start with the, the recently relaunched, earlier this calendar year, main Archie title. Mm-hmm. Earlier in 2019, uh, they, they brought in a new creative team, writer Nick Spencer and artist Marguerite Savage, uh, to, to work on the Archie title and also redid the numbering to go back to its original so they got to be uh, Archie 700 Ooh. following the uh, new number one that ushered in the, the Mark Wade era of Archie. Something I've talked about, I can't recall if it's just if I did on the show or just like on our Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, is how uh, Archie titles seem to be taking a lot of their like facts, a lot of the, the status quo that they then shift from Riverdale, the show, rather than the Archie book. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like Archie meets Batman 66, which I'll probably talk about later, having Kevin's dad as sheriff rather than Kevin's dad as military officer. Mm-hmm. Or practically every book having Cheryl enrolled in Riverdale High rather than living in the town of Riverdale, but going to uh, the private school Pembroke Academy. Yeah. Archie by Nick Spencer, I think, is the uh, biggest example of, of this trend because it is literally a book that I think is aimed for the Riverdale audience. Yeah. Uh, there is issue-to-issue continuity. You want to start at issue 700 if you start reading this book, far more so than with Mark Wade's run. Uh, there is a long-running plot about uh, Reggie's dad going missing and Reggie having to go through his... Uh, find a secret room in his house oh. that leads to a like symbol scrawled on a cave wall, and there are robed masked figures lurking in the woods watching him as he investigates this disappearance. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Right? Like, this is in the Archie book, Archie 700, like running from the 40s. That's what the book is now. Yeah. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats are living in Cheryl's house and playing music for her. Jason is alive, but isn't really a feature. <laughs> like, he doesn't show up much as if he died two years ago. 
as if that's how you think of Jason, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the real focus of this run uh, is the secret relationship between Archie Andrews and Sabrina Spellman. Oh. Which I think is the strongest part of the book. Like, all this other stuff is like, okay, that's fine, but that's not what I go to Archie for, and I was ready to drop it until it shifted to be entirely about that. Uh, the recent titles have been released under the name Archie and Sabrina, and it's been about their relationship. It's been flashbacks to how they met over this summer that changed everything before senior year. Wink, wink. Like, seriously, it's just for the Riverdale crowd. Uh, it, it is some targeted marketing. Uh, but that has been really good, and I've been really enjoying that. And that is set to end soon. Oh, and then it will transition to a new writer, a new artist, and a new title. Oh. Archie and Katie Keene. Ah. Uh, yeah. So while I'll say I don't like how the, the flagship book is now, like there's a very clear tail wagging the dog thing going on in Archie comics with this title. Yeah. I do like a lot of aspects of the book. And I am willing to give what the book's about to be a chance, uh, give it a fighting chance. I'm the, the writer they've tapped, whose name I should have looked up before talking about it, is someone I'm, I'm really interested in seeing their work. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Check, if that sounds interesting, check it out. Support your, your local friendly comic book store or find it digitally, I suppose. It's, yeah. it's all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. There are books I enjoy more. There are books I'm going to talk about I enjoy less. I haven't read these yet. I'm behind. They're on the shelf. Yeah, I know. I'm behind. <laughs> Very behind. So I guess that brings us to our, our tried and true, true blue, blue in the face uh, predictions. Yeah. Darlin', what do you think is going to happen in the future on Riverdale? Principal Honey mm -hmm. is going to be found beheaded at some point, and it's going to be, Cheryl is going to be blamed. <laughs> Because of no. this comment. Yeah. But it wasn't her. It wasn't her? I don't think it will be oh, her. Okay. Yeah. It, it was one of those other vixens with the razor wire bras. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Grandpa Jones left Stonewall Academy because he found their deadly secret. Oh, yeah. I have that he left because the school is a group of cannibals. Oh, And he okay. didn't want to participate. I was trying to leave it open a Or bit. maybe they're vampires. Or maybe they're vampires. Okay. So he All right. split. Okay. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, okay, so maybe the vampire part. So that's why he eventually had to leave, like, FP was mm -hmm. so, like, he didn't eat his own child. Ah. Mm hmm So he left in high school, had a kid who grew up to be in high school, and then they came after him, and that's why he left the family all those years later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that why they're sniffing after Jughead? Because, like, the, the family debt must be paid? Yeah. Or because he's a vampire, they know he's still alive we, out there. Ah. So they're like, if we get you, it'll bring, bring Grandpa out of the woodwork and we can finally have him. Okay. And you. I do think uh, if, if we uh, just dial back a few things on that, there is something to uh, their scouting Forsyth Third because of something that happened with Forsyth First all those oh, years yeah. ago. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Has nothing to do with his summertime story time. No, that's all going to be connected to why things are in the woods later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's always it's about the woods. It's all this school. 
with like this whole farm uh, bunker arming, etc., uh, either a character is going to make a really off-color reference to the Branch Davidians, or the show is going to make some strong and uncomfortable parallels to the Branch Davidians. Branch Davidians. Uh, the Waco Massacre. Okay, yep. Yeah. I was wondering if that was what it was, but mm-hmm. I just didn't recognize the term. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm, I'm picturing. <laughs> um, but Edgar is like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the abs for it. Yes, he does. Just not the bulk. Like Stallone went like bulk abs and arms. Oh, those arms. He doesn't need to be bulkier. He's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. It's slim cut. That's what that's what people are into. That's the aesthetic. It's like chiseled. Mm-hmm. Not bulk. Yeah. I am not ashamed to admit that I find Chad Michael Murray extremely attractive right now. <laughs> <laughs> and by right now, you mean like five months ago. Yes, I mean him as like a 40-some-year-old man and not like him in like the WB. Anything could have happened in, in the last few months. He could have got a really unfortunate face tattoo. Anything could have happened. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's not a Nazi, I'm good. Obviously, Tony is going to eventually find JJ. Yeah, the scent alone is how much. How much Febreze are they going through? And I, I think there will be a moment where where Cheryl has to choose between them, and she will choose JJ. Yeah, she's going to be faced with the easiest choice on the planet and still do it wrong. Yes. Yes. Um, and she will go off the deep end even more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be the moment that Nana Rose also is like, no, Antoinette is right. I leave with her now. Ah. Yes. And, and each one has one baby. Yep. They- we. I am assuming that Dagwood Jr. made his way to Thistle House, but that seems like a really bad assumption. Yeah, I don't know. Wherever Penelope is, Dagwood is, still is. Yeah. Jason Jr. that yeah. is. Yeah, we don't know where he is. Well, I know you had your you were talking about how you think that uh, jelly bean is going to become a pretty poison. Yes. I think that's definitely going to happen now that Jughead. Now the Jughead's out of, town, out of town. Five weeks out of the day, yes. and th- th- that is going to create like conflict. Yeah, when yeah. he comes back and he finds out that she's a poison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he just like he's like, well, I want to go back. Like I need to be with my sister. And the school's going to be like, no, no. you can't leave. Slam You're one of us, yeah. Forsyth. <sighs> the school's dark magics is the, the chilling adventures of Sabrina crossover we've all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Ooh. Oh, man. You know what I really want? What do you really want? What do you really, a- really, okay. really want? So, like, they are doing a Halloween episode. Yes, Ziga Ziga. I really want there to be a surprise cameo from Sabrina. That would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. so good. That would be good. Even if it's just like, oh, we're going to a Halloween party and she just like and walks like, by or something. Someone is dressed as that girl from the Netflix show, but it's actually Karen Shipka. Yes. Yeah. It'd be so good. That'd be rad as hell. I would love that. <laughs> Or even if they're like, oh, we're going to like a Halloween party in Greendale, oh, they, and she's just in the background for like one second. They go to a, a costume party, and it's like all the Berlanti shows are there. Like Grant Gustin is there in his Flash costume. Yes! Oh, oh, I would love this. I would love this so much. 
there was that set visit picture from like two years ago where uh, Melissa Benoist was at the pop set in her Supergirl costume and everyone thought, oh, this episode's going to be so dumb. There's no reason there should be a crossover. Like, no, she was just hanging out with friends because yeah. they all film in Vancouver at the same time. Because everyone's in Vancouver. <laughs> Reggie's dad is dead or I mean, in Reggie's, cast. Reggie's like... dad is, is something happened to him. Yes. Uh, so that brings us to what we know is going to happen next week is Chapter 60, Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon is named for the 1975 film. It's a, a bank heist, sort of a heist, more of a noir, really, based on a true story. Uh, it is famous for being the one where Pacino, uh, as one of the, the bank robbers, takes one of his hostages out to the street and shouts Attica at the cops. To, to win the people over to his side as like a, a symbol of anti-authority. Okay. Because of the Attica prison riot. Oh. Uh, it, it won an Oscar for best screenplay off of six nominations. Uh, fun fact, the, the bank robbery in, in real life was meant to pay for one of the robbers' wives' gender reassignment surgery. Oh. It didn't work. Spoilers for the movie, I guess. Uh, but the the fee that the studio paid to get the rights to their story did pay Whoa. for her gender reassignment surgery. Well, that's good. It took a couple of years, but they got there. That's good. Yeah. So that's that's where the title comes from. Uh, well, what we know, Polly's back. Yes, there. We, we eventually somehow see Polly. The the trailer focuses very heavily on two sequences. The first one is that Polly shows up into uh, Charles's FBI den, like his forward operating base. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Uh, um, we really didn't talk enough about that set, but we'll, we will next week. It was because strange. Polly shows up with a bomb vest. Yes. And makes, and her sister has to cut the fucking wires. Yes. I am going to be having an out-of-body experience. I'm going to love it. Uh, and Archie is wearing a bandana over his mouth, and I am assuming maybe robbing a bank. Well, he's threatening five or so men in a concrete structure, like a parking garage, probably. Robbing someone. With a baseball bat and mast. You know, like he does every season now. <laughs> maybe he thought they were bears. <laughs> Oh, they play for the bears, and he misinterpreted. Oh, no. Heard there were a bunch of bears in town, and he was like, oh, man, gotta go throw down so no one gets hurt. Do you think when Archie hears the Super Bowl shuffle, he has flashbacks? <laughs> anyway, that is it for this episode of Sex Archie. Yes. Boy, we ran long, but, you know, <laughs> this episode, it, it's setting the foundation for the whole season, so there's a lot to talk about. Yes. Uh, so... Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, if you could do us a solid and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you have the chance, we would really appreciate that because it helps fuel our fire and it is what we desire. You can also tell a friend. Tell those friends. Tell your friends. Be like, hey, you watched Riverdale and when they say no, say, well, you should listen to the show Mm-hmm. because you're dumb. <laughs> Maybe don't let them listen to this part where we call them dumb. <laughs> They've listened to everything else first, though, so they now know that they were dumb. 
I guess, but we're treading a thin line here. <laughs> but yes, word of mouth is the most powerful tool we have to get into other people's earbuds, which is our natural habitat. We will eat your skin lice. It's disinfecting. Uh, okay, I will eat your skin uh, lice. You, you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, especially if you're not a Nazi. Uh, that's sex underscore Archie. And with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, raw keto vegan. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down. Come on. And you got me. And you got me.